0: An episode of the Uncommonwealth Podcast, where I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Aaron Kramer. Thanks for tuning in. We have a repeat customer, everyone. Yes. Steven Smith. I can't wait to get him on the show. If you've been a longtime listener and a huge fan, which I know that all of your listeners are, uh, you've remembered him from the Cajun Fest. Yeah. He is the creator of the Cajun Fest, but he also, that's like his side gig. Like That's when he puts on a super cape, but he also has a different gig. So tell us your company, what it is currently.
1: Yeah, uh, we have a company called Rework. Okay. Uh, Rework is a is a software company, a technology, a people analytics Great. platform. Nice. Uh, and okay. what we do is measure how an organization actually works. Like, who do you rely on? What are your priorities? Like, yeah. I mean, it's all about measuring the knowledge worker, which has always been tough for us. Right? Yeah. And yesteryear was very easy with industrial workers to count how many seconds it took you to get from one side of the floor to the other. How yeah. many left turns you need to make a right. But now with this knowledge worker thing, it's really hard to do productivity unless you're a sales guy or, or an yeah. IT, right? Yes.
0: Uh, and that's what we do. Okay, so the reason why we have Steve on the show today yes. is for something that I've been talking about for probably since the podcast started. Yeah. I call it golden handcuffs. Mm. Aaron, I spoke this to Aaron. He was like, there's a specific scientific thing for this. Yeah. And Steven can speak to it. And so I was like, we got to get him on the show. Like, I know.
2: So, well, there's more backstory to this because I was having a debate with somebody about let's this. let go. And... I was talking about how I feel like these big corporations are overpaying people mm. and for what they're doing for their hours. Cause I've had a couple of friends be in these big corporations. They go to a smaller corporation. Then they're actually being required to work like 40 hours or whatever. And they're like, I'm just getting worked. Oh, I'm just working mm. so hard. I'm like, I are you just now like being required to work the hours that you actually need to work. Like, yeah. yeah. And so it just became this big thing. And then we we're debating about it. I'm like, well, you know who I call? call my buddy steven because that's you was know right. all this stuff. right so, this is so let world. me give
0: you the definition of what i call as golden handcuffs i used to work a pharmaceutical rep job that was a golden handcuffs job because they paid me so well and the work that i was doing was so easy yeah i would probably never leave it now i got displaced like our whole team got cut so that was like my qualifying event if you will to go and like i got to go pursue something i'm passionate about And I'm grateful for that. That's one of the best things that have ever happened to me. Yeah. But without that, would I have ever left it? I don't know. It's golden handcuffs. So, so that's what I call golden handcuffs is when you're kind of like, well, it's cush. It's easy. Right. And like nothing in life is lukewarm. So I really wanted to speak into this, Steven. I want to give you the platform. Talk as long as
2: you want, buddy. Real Quick customer or listeners. When Steven gets into the analytics of it and the science of it, It does. Or can, if you're like me, make you a little angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good caveat. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, well,
1: you know, sometimes uh, I'm going to caveat everything I'm about to say. Yeah. Uh, I was corporate as well. Uh, and corporate did a lot of great things for me. I, I learned to fail in a, in a safe environment. Uh, yeah. I got opportunities to see things I never was seen before. But I also, like most of us, got exposed to some of the parts that were uh, more like the movie Office Space, right? Yeah. Uh, so some of the things that we're going to talk about might be controversial, um, but you know it is what it is, and the data is what the data is, and we can hypothesize why that means. But you know there are some very well studied, uh, you know, phenomenon that kind of leads to this golden, you know, handcuff thing you talked about. Uh, here in Des Moines, Iowa, I worked in one of the largest organizations here in the in the Midwest. Uh, And ours was, we were on the few companies that still had pension. So what happens now is, Uh you know, you might be checked out of your job. You might have gotten to the highest level you're going to get to. You might just be disengaged. But by God, you're going to sit around for the next couple of years and kind of be disengaged and wait for that pension to come around. You mailed it
0: in. Yeah. Yeah. And what you, uh, you, there's a ripple effect for that, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you were thinking and feeling before we were the show of like, man, it was miserable. Yeah. Because the the people above, right, above and management are kind of like mailing it in. like, Mm -hmm. And you're moving and shaking. I had a leader uh, tell me, a a
1: very high level leader at this organization, that, uh, you know, this is a great idea, but I don't want to rock the boat. I have a pension. I'm, I'm two years away from going to Florida and doing all the things. Oh, like, yeah. like, he specifically said it. He literally told me I don't want to rock the boat because okay. I, I'm, I'm at the end now. Please don't, Dude. you know, don't mess with my cheese.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and oh. it's so
1: frustrating, especially when, you know, in this example, oh. that decision and, and the things that we were doing was, you know, $400 million worth of spend. Uh, and he said, don't rock the boat. And you're doing things because your pension and you don't want to rock the boat? Yeah. yeah man. Yeah, that's scary because what we're doing... Inadvertently, we'll talk about both sides of this from the employee and the employer, but one of the things that happens with the employer now is you are having your organization take five steps back. You, what, what might have been in, yester, in yesteryear where we want employees to get a gold watch for being around forever because that's loyal family and all those yeah. things. That's not the same way anymore. And inadvertently, organizations are shooting themselves in the foot because now you have a bunch of people who aren't willing to take chances or aren't willing to, you know, invest in the right things or aren't helping you look around corners. Instead, you've just, you know, largely, and we'll talk about this word in a bit, domesticated your own workforce.
2: Yeah. And we
1: preach innovation all the time. We preach new ideas. We preach all this stuff. Yeah. But our incentives aren't
0: aligned for that. Our incentives are keeping people in the exact same spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is fascinating. I know like, kind of convicting too. I like, know. cause the things that you thought that would always work, what you're saying is like, might not be the best thing.
1: Yeah. It's inadvertent man. It's the unintended cons- consequences. And, yeah. and, and sometimes you can say it's unintended, but then the other times where I get a little bit more of my, uh, uh controversial side is, you know, modern day employment is the great domestication of man.
2: Yes. See, I was just going to tell you say that like, we <laughs> you say gold handcuffs,
1: you say it a lot better. Uh, well, I mean, uh, and, and I forget who said that quote, I, no idea i probably should have attributed it um but it makes sense right if i want to keep people just happy enough to be exactly where i want them to be and not cause problems and not cause anything wow. else not leave and become a competitor yeah totally how much does it take and i'll pay you one dollar more than that to kind of keep the uh keep the muzzle on
0: wow yeah keep see? the uncommon down yeah yes. keep your uncommon path to just a desk job and hey, keep the and a cubicle
2: yeah I mean, we want to talk about the people of power, the people up there. They've designed it to keep them there. Yep. It you kind know? of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Which I mean, is totally scary. Makes sense. And that's like you said, the caveat, like kind of makes you mad. Yeah. <laughs>
0: kind of like, it yeah. makes you
2: super mad. You're like, no, like, quit your job and go create something. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, wow. the, the opportunity here, and uh, in, in, first of all, that's why, you know, the greatest innovations have always come from people who are pissed off yeah it's, yeah and uncomfortable ideas came from somebody that's uncomfortable and said you know what this is broken damn it i'm gonna go do it yeah and yeah. they're the ones that change the world and 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 they're not many of them right we, oh. we worship the steve jobs and, and the professional side right we, we worship these people that took the chances and made the things but yeah 90 of us are still in that domesticated role and we're finding out you know even in, in career counseling you know come 50 years old and the kids move out and all these things, this is when, you know, divorces happen. This is when uh-huh. strokes and health ha- you know concerns happen. This is when yeah. alcohol and drug abuse happen. This is when, you know, people start to become checked out and feel like they lost their life because they're starting to realize, oh shit, I've been, they never had it. Right. Yeah. 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 They never had a life.
0: And they just kind of like slowly this got is not what down. I wanted yeah. to be in
1: college. When I thought about what I was going to do and the impact I was going to have on the world Wow. instead, you know, going back to like the idea of like the shirking thing, uh, people will fill the time that you give them it doesn't mean it's high quality time yeah but it'll get filled yep largely we see that in like kind of uh, what we call bureaucratic waste or legacy waste in these organizations we just did a study uh, we've done it two years in a row here in Des Moines Iowa where we measured 18 organ uh, well first one was 18 second one was 20 so 38 organizations across the Midwest uh and understood from you know 10 20,000 people what is it that you're filling your time with how much value does this have in terms of meeting your jobs yeah you know people are spending 10 12 14 percent of their labor just in stuck in formal meetings and you break mm. that down and you say okay well what kind of formal meetings are these and it's not decision making meetings it's not problem solving meetings it's regular status check-in on monday morning hey what are you working on how's it going Granted, collaboration is great. We know yeah. that. Yeah. But not all collaborations create right. great. And honestly, right. all of it, a lot of it, it's actually taken us away from the things that get things done.
2: Yeah. Is it true collaboration? That's my thing. It's like, is it is it just like a quick update? Like, oh, I talked to yeah. him, checked the box. Yep. Right. Or is it actually collaboration?
1: Mm-hmm. Is the dial moving? Because if we don't, it's easy to fill our times. And uh, you probably remember, I, I mean, I was in corporate corporate, so I definitely remember. My calendar of my eight hours was at least six hours in formal meetings. Oh okay I wasn't doing anything.
0: <laughs> Talking about doing something. Yeah. Just so never what does that do?
1: It? I mean, well, if that happens, then now all of a sudden, I still have a job to do. Mostly. So if I didn't get a, you know, have the ability to do it in one hour a day, and it actually required some time, now I'm taking it at home, and now I have trouble with the family, and now I'm starting to have that yeah. burden on my heart and on my soul about what does work-life balance for this organization yeah. mean, and that's where you see all this, 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 you know, I mean, this castle of cards start to crumble a little
0: bit, right?
2: Yeah. Mm. Wow. That'll preach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're, okay. Well, so
0: I wanted to ask you this and I go. want you to think through this, but like, how do you combat this or how do you start evaluating the situation you're in of like, Oh man, like, and what do you do about it? So mm-hmm. there's like nine questions there. Yeah. So let's start with the first one is like, let's, how do you evaluate this? If the listener is in their cube right mm-hmm. now, And like, what are signs that they can see of like, oh, this is actually happening or, (laughs) well,
1: uh, you know, my background is in psychology. So I'm going to give an answer. That's probably not the most practical right now, but it is something you start to feel right. Mm. You know, it. you just kind of push that voice down Mm -hmm. and people know what I'm talking about when I say it. Right. Um, that's your, your little inner voice telling you that there's something to check on.
2: I mean, that, I mean if you're listening to this and then this resonates with you, mm-hmm. that means you're feeling something. The voice is calling, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then number two, uh,
1: you know, and not at all preaching my company, but it's why we created this, this company. You got to measure. You can't manage what you don't measure in your personal or your professional life. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, uh, last time we were here, being a repeat, you gave me a book, which I read. What? <laughs> uh, uh, you've talked a lot about you know w- taking miserable. audits essentially of right. your different parts of your life your right. holistic life yep that's measurement it doesn't need to yeah. be scientific and all this right. jazz but how do we start to have a journal or how do we start to have a, a daily check-in yeah uh, and you look back over the course of two three weeks even you'll very quickly start to see oh man my time is being very mismanaged Wow, i'm putting a bunch of chunks into things that aren't moving wow my personal, my professional dial. Right. Yeah. Now what? And that's where we start to talk about action and that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Uh, it starts with the feeling, but then you got to start to, you know, audit yourself. Like your book talked about
0: measure, get measurements and start. Now let's say that they start measuring it and Mm -hmm. they start seeing like my time is being wasted. Mm -hmm. A lot of it. Like thinking of six hours out of eight hours of your work Mm -hmm. week being in meetings, like, Oh, heavens to Betsy. I would be sleeping on the other (laughs) side. So what do you do then?
1: Well, it depends on what situation you're in, right? If you're in this, uh, this big corporate world, that's going to be very different than if you're an entrepreneur and you're starting to realize that, oh right. my gosh, I've had time spent right. in different things. So I'll try to give a general answer and maybe we can dive into the depths a little bit more. You know, whenever I'm fortunate enough to have a mentee, I like to mentor uh, young kids that are coming up and trying to get their first gigs. So I remember someone hooking me up with my first opportunity and I'll be forever grateful. Uh, my third rule, and I have three ground rules for every mentee I've ever had. Rule number three is figure out what they want you to do in 40 hours and learn mm. how to do it in 20. Mm. <sighs> take 10 of those extra hours and, uh, you know, work on something that they didn't see coming because then you got the big surprise. Aha. Look at that wonder kid doing something behind the scenes. Yeah.
0: Good.
1: And take the last 10 hours to develop yourself professionally. Mm. Uh, and in today's world, I mean, gosh, we're talking, chat GBT. We're talking about good, yeah. you know, all these things you can, we can figure out, especially on these old folks, we can figure out how to do the old things that they used to do uh, yeah. with a calculator. Uh, right. We can start to figure out how to do that much, much faster. So you could get that through automation. You can get that through delegation. And honestly, you can get that through elimination. So as an example, when I was at this company, uh, my team was responsible for building this big report every quarter to go up to the big dogs about turnover and around the department and people analytics like stuff. Uh, it took us a long time to do that every quarter. I mean, somebody's half of somebody's job was just helping me compile the data. Hmm. I know nobody's reading this thing. I have <laughs> a feeling, uh, and I had a cool boss that would back me up with my little experiment. Support you. I just stopped doing it, and I never got a question. Like it was like it took two and a half quarters before somebody called me, Steven, not even a leader, and they Steven. said, "Hey, I noticed I haven't seen their report lately. Are you still doing that?" It's like, no, not really. Do you need anything? Like. Well, actually, there was one stat from page three that I really need. Sweet. Perfect. One stat from page three. I can automate that tomorrow. Yep. You will have that on a daily basis if you want. Right. But my God, we are not building this report anymore. We just saved an FTE on our small
0: team. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So- How disheartening, but also awesome it's freeing because people
1: are scared to take that leap because you know, we all want to get the gold star nobody wants to get the, you know, nobody wants to have their boat rocked like, like the leaders. Nobody wants to do that, but man, it'll set you free once you finally lean
0: into that. It's funny. We were on a ski trip, a guy's ski trip. And somebody mentions like, Oh, I get overwhelmed with all the emails that I'm going to come back to. Yeah. My friend Greg Knutson, he's like, I just delete them all when I get back. And I was like, Wait, come again? He's like, Yeah, I delete them all. It's like, if it's important, it'll come back to me. Yeah. And I'm like, You got to be kidding me. Like, that's, isn't that awesome? Love like, it. there's something about that Love that's it. like, Man, I'm going to rock the boat here. And if they come back, like, oh, I'm sorry, I was on vacation. Like, Yeah, I'll get that for you. You know, now I don't know if that's my personality. I don't know if I'm. We can't really that that. in our industry. But But,
1: I mean, the same thing. So we found that um, in this, uh, this local study with all these thousands of employees that like about 10 ish percent of time is stuck in these formal meetings, super low value. Yeah. Yeah. The other one that was huge, 10% of your time is corresponding and it's super low value. And Mm -hmm. we say, what is that? And I've gone around the world, you know, after doing these analyses, sometimes I will uh, have to explain what this means to the leaders who are reading the reports uh, I say, sir or ma'am, nine times out of 10, this is because you're CCing everybody on everything. right? Oh, and, yeah. and that's a trust issue. That's a I want to be heard issue. That's a diffused responsibility issue. There's a couple things that go into that. Yeah. But to your point now, that's killing my time by just going through everything and finding out, is there something in here that applies to me? Am I an idiot if I don't read this because someone's going to bring it up in a meeting? Yeah. And we are just bludgeoning the crap out of each other mm. with paper pushing things that aren't adding value.
2: Gosh, wow that's
0: so good yeah how do we all right so i want to right? go back so 40 hours a week figure out what they want you to do and do that in 20 hours yeah uh 10 hours is doing what 10 hours is working on something they didn't see coming from
1: you right so developing something else around your job okay that's going to get you like the, oh
0: my god that you've been
1: working on this yeah something
0: i've been okay. doing on the side okay developing or creating yep And then the other 10 is just personal growth. Developing you, yeah. Being the best professional, personal you you can be. Gosh, that's really good. Steven, you're a rock star. Okay. Now, my next question, unless you have any, I have one.
2: I have one, but it's going to like, I want to keep going here because I don't think it's reached the point in the podcast yet. How do I, (laughs) wow, I like it. How do I
0: combat this? in this company Uncommonwealth, yeah. Commonwealth, right? Like, or how do people, I'm, I'm making it about me, but like what I'm saying is like, if you are a business owner, mm-hmm. how do you combat this? That was my question. Dang it.
1: Well, it <laughs> was good. You know, there's, there's a difference between, you know, what y'all are and like my company, we're, you know, my company is not a hundred million dollar company yet. So we're, we don't have the, you know, years of jackets and coats that we now need to strip off. Yeah, You get to start from like me from ground zero, which is helpful. Uh, first and foremost, I think the reason that these organizations are so, uh, you know, I was going to say lean, but that's exactly it. I mean, we're agile right now, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be by mm-hmm. necessity, if anything else. Right? Yeah. Everything matters in the way in the, what y'all do as you're growing. Uh, so being able to, you know, I'm not even going to talk about literal agile methodology. But yeah, the longer we can keep agile and understand our goals, a measurable mm-hmm. goal, mm-hmm. well, then we can do something about that. Yeah. But if you're in these big organizations and you don't have outcomes, it's like the well, people are working from home. How do I know they're working? Well, how did you know they're working in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. In well, a cube. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, just cause they came in. Yeah. No. I saw them working. Well, yeah, but the guy was playing YouTube and picking his nose. He wasn't actually doing. <laughs> yeah. Work, right. Like <laughs> yeah, he's logged in, but that was it. You assume that my presence means I'm present and that is absolutely a farce. So like, wow. again, going back to that measurement piece, what do we wow. measure and care about? What are our outcomes? And then once we do that, to give people the freedom, the flexibility, and autonomy to yeah. go meet those goals, right? Um, it's amazing the, the what almost seems like a, a thoughtlessness in the way some corporations set up success. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they kind of burden you with that micromanagement at the same time. Like, you yeah. giving me a vague outcome, and yeah. you're filling up my own calendar on me. How in the heck am I supposed to... <laughs>
2: Uh, how am I supposed to do this, right? It I mean, sounds so simple when you say it. It's like, yeah, you're totally right. Anyway, yeah. sorry. I don't. I mean, we talked about this. I know my wife there for a little while. Got out of teaching and went to Nationwide. And when she got there, she was there for about I don't know, eight months, nine months, whatever. In that time frame, when she first showed up, it was pretty good. By the time she left. They were timing the time like she had to like log off her to go pee. I mean she was pregnant, oh, so this stop. is why it was a big deal. Jesus. Stop. So it was like micromanaging to the pointers, like they know how oh. much time that you are away from your desk to even go to the bathroom. Like, she had to click going to the bathroom. Like all these things, like Oh man. And how I mean, I know we've talked about this and I know the outcome of what it is, but it's like if you just trust people to do it, the most likely will do it. Yeah. But you start oh, yeah. micromanaging them, right. and then it's like
1: Measure no. the outcomes, not the process. Yeah. It's like yeah.
2: Distributive and procedural justice, right? right? There you go. Yeah, you say it a lot smarter than I do. Oh, yeah,
1: um, <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't be a good analytics guy if I didn't talk around that. Yeah, because you know, we've heard—I'm sure your listeners, especially—we've heard of psychological safety, right? Psychological mm-hmm. safety. Uh, you know, Project Aristotle and the, Google said like the most important part of building a good team was not expertise, it was not um, diversity, it was not knowledge, it was not being in the same place it was teams that have high levels of psychological safety outperform those that don't. Uh, and we've seen that all over, but the way we measure needs to be psychologically safe itself. Yeah. i me give you an example. I have two actually from my past experience as a HR and corporate real estate guy in the HR world. You answer surveys, Hey, on a scale of one to five. How good is your boss, man? I don't know. Is my boss going to see the answer? Yes. Okay. Best boss I ever had. Five, yeah. five, 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 five. <laughs> well now, because I have psychological safety issues and I don't know how it's going to be used against me. Right, my boss is going to see right, the answers. Right. If I do have a problem with that boss, It'll never be uncovered in this assessment now. Yeah. And now we have an, an underlying issue yes. that can never be caused. I mean, it's like doing an MRI oh, that's with a broken machine. So true. And now we're getting buried, okay? Now on the real estate side, here's something even crazier. We were doing a campus renovation, and uh, VPs and above uh, get an office. Everybody else is out in the open environment. You know, yep. that whole typical oh, yeah. you know, Neanderthal approach to space. Yeah, sorry. Come on. Uh, Say yeah. it, man. It's Friday. It's Friday. Uh, so what we did was we set seat sensors on all of the VPs and above desks to understand office utilization. Yeah. To be a VP in this company, you're making at least 200 a year, so... I say it to say what happens when all these, you know, borderline multimillionaires are leaving their office to go to the bathroom, to go to uh, lunch, to go play golf. Who knows where they're going to a meeting? These millionaires are taking big stacks of books and they're placing them in their chairs when they leave the office every day. No. Why? Because I don't know why you're tracking me. Big Brother's watching. You're going to try to take my office. Is this what this is about? Okay, I'm going to trick your sensors so that I can have an adverse impact to what I want. Yeah. And here we are thinking, like, office utilization is great. Give them the things. like, y'all, we're, we're you know, in psychology is called experimental reactivity. Like, when you know you're being watched and you, and you don't feel safe wow. about the measurements, how are you going to get anything out of me? Right. Yeah. right. So not for us, it's all about psychologically safe measurements. And to do that, it's not about the stopwatch. Hmm. That's how you measure industrial workers. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's right. the nature of their job. Yeah. But if you look into the science of measuring and understanding the knowledge worker, you have to ask them. It's about priorities. Wow! It's about understanding, you know, perceptions of value. Yeah. Because in our world, like it or not, perceptions reality, right? Yep. And sure. if we ignore that and put our head in the sand and say, "Well, they don't get it," well, that is the reality that you're facing right now. Yeah. And a lot of us aren't, you know. Steve Jobs had to sell iPhones and he Mm -hmm. knew he had to make a product or it would sell or it wouldn't but in corporate we don't have sales internally like that we have all this kind of legacy waste and this bureaucracy and there's no hard metrics for that Mm -hmm. and because of that you get lost in the margin a little bit right
2: so how so not everybody I know this is my big thing here is like to motivate people to not have those handcuffs and like get out and go do your things, but not everyone's equipped to do that. Yeah. And we don't want everyone to do that. Cause then no one would have any employees. Uh, <laughs> but for like your good business owners that do yeah. have people, um, and want to combat this, how do they combat this? How do they find out what's going on in there? Like, how could you go in and help them to like recognize, hmm. Hey, like well, you got this going on, you know, two things.
1: Um, and my, I- Former, like I mentioned, keep mentioning, big company. We called it big company nitis. Like, mm. damn near, once you get set at a certain point, you're going to get caught up in this. Like, your yeah. organization right. is going to get caught right. up in this. And there's things you can do, but it has to be radical change, which you usually don't see in these big companies. No. Yeah. Like, they're conservative. They don't want it's to rock the boat. a big ship. They have all they're the hard things, to turn right? Yeah. Uh, for the companies, though, regardless of size, that are trying to get better, um, is because A, necessity, we need to grow. And, like, mm. there's no lackadaisicalness.
0: Is that a word? It's today. It's today. It yeah.
1: today, man. It's Friday. Gosh almighty. There's no level of complacency like you see yeah. in some of these organizations. Right. It's we've got to go. And we are very closely tied to the mission and to the customers. Mm-hmm. In the big companies, you don't see the customers. You don't see right. the yeah. impacts. Right. But to answer your question more directly, uh, of course, I'm biased. This is my perspective. You don't, can't manage what you don't measure. Yeah. So how do we understand and how do we crowdsource this information, right? I mean, I want to understand from the janitor, the CEO, to the board members. Like, what are the directions? Where are we at now? Where are we going? How big is the gap? Mm-hmm. I want to know what matters most to you here. I'm not going to ask you an exhaustive list of questions and, and run some statistics on it. No. Like a person, we call our thing a digital interview because it's actually conversational. Mm-hmm. Hey, of these things, all these matter, but which ones matter most? And then once you tell me how they matter most... Tell me more about that. You said yeah. leadership. Is it is it the top of the house? Is it your manager? Is it is it equitable and fair? Is it? Tell me what that means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to understand how you prioritize. You know your day. We are. You know you have a goal to do and a job to meet. You have a job to do and a goal to meet. How about that? Yeah. <laughs>
0: right.
1: uh, and you only have so many hours in the week. Where are you spending your time? And how well does that time and that activity support you meeting your goals? And how much does it not? Yeah. Because once you start to have some of these conversations, you can very quickly start to see, oh my gosh, like the golden handcuffs or parachutes, uh, I am creating inadvertently, potentially, I'm creating incentives Mm -hmm. that are actually getting me the wrong thing. And I never even knew it. Oh my gosh. I mean, honestly, a lot of this stuff is, honest, just didn't know. I thought I was making a good benefit. I said, hey, sales are great. And I want to, you know, incentivize growth. Well, shoot, if we didn't measure that with collaboration, I'm going to have a bunch of, you know, lone wolves out there killing each other on my team <laughs> yeah. and that's not conducive that to what we're trying, trying to build, right? I know, because
2: that's why I really truly think that most people don't want this, like business owners. Right, no. Like I, they, I honestly, just, you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's true. I would say that. I mean, I'm, I, at least thought. I'm hoping for that. Like no, this. I think that's probably true. Well, I mean,
1: we when we, when, when we as individuals get sick or we see mortality. Right. What do we do? We go to a right. doctor, we get an MRI. Mm-hmm. The doctor looks at that test and then mm-hmm. comes and asks you questions. Okay. I see that your cholesterol is high. Tell me about your, this and that. Yeah, It's the same thing for these organizations. We need to have an organizational health MRI, right? Mm, yes. We understand what's going on and where do I now need to get a surgeon, like a consultant to come in and start poking around and cutting based right. on right. Right.
2: what we're seeing. Does so that makes sense in my head? Yeah. Cause like, like, yeah, we go get blood work done. Like me and you, cause we're well, all of us here. Sure, we're like health freaks a little bit. Like, like how do you know where to start and if you're not starting at the core of it of like Mm -hmm. blood work you're looking at all your blood work oh cool You get a full panel then you know like it's good i know we do it in finances like we break everything down
0: i like what you do because not only do you ask questions but you challenge the status quo and you give them kind of a green light or a a free pass to do so Mm -hmm. right (laughs) sounds like you always did which i love that that's why you're in common (laughs) but uh, i think that's really good especially in your situation of just like it's never bad to let your people no matter what challenge the status quo why have we done this and don't get angry when they ask like well that's a great question Mm -hmm. let's go through that like Mm -hmm. if you want to be the tip of the spear on this please do right because i think that still gets ownership and buy-in and even if at the end of the rainbow you still do the same thing well now you have like well now we know why Mm -hmm. right and it's actually doing what we wanted to set out to do I don't think it's ever bad to just like, let's challenge that a little bit. I love that.
1: Well, I mean, some yeah. people say the worst words in businesses, and I've heard it all the time from those people are asking not to rock the boat because that's the way we've always done it.
2: Mm. I hate that. Oh boy. If yeah. I heard
1: that, like this conversation just got shut down, right? Yeah. There's, there's not right. much we're going to get right. out of this. Right. But,
0: so this is what I would say too, for this golden handcuffs thing. Sometimes people will come to Uncommon Wealth and they'll say, Philip, I don't have a very, like we don't have a lot of money and like we don't make that much money. You know what yeah. I say? This could be the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. Because it's now not gonna take that much like time and to get you to replace the income that you are already accustomed to. Yes. When people are like, I'm making, you know, well over six figures and I'm like Poof. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is going to be a challenge because you have locked those golden handcuffs on you so hard Mm -hmm. that, like, and you have this big audacious idea that you can make this residual income in such an easy way. I'm like, this is going to be a challenge. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the best thing that you have going for you is to have like a company that maybe doesn't pay you as good because this uncommon life or this uncommon path that you want to start might be easier to obtain because the income that you need to replace is not as high, right? Yeah. Uh, almost everybody that we
1: idolize from from athletes to celebrities to these these visionaries all went through I mean unless you're you know got a nice loan from your parents or something like that and those happen but for the most part those all those people went through that adversity right yes. they all went through the rock right. bottom they all right. the, took the hits uh, I certainly took the hits leaving the golden handcuffs and my first Christmas going oh my god I've never even thought about not being able on my Christmas presents before unbelievable i i cried that month like crazy uh but it's only from that i mean you talked about your your ski trip we talked about fitness just now yeah almost every time you go through a new regimen they say okay like let's unlearn all that stuff let's Mm -hmm. get you down to the bare basics and let's start building back up again right and let's build it on the right way yeah Uh, and that's what we need to do in terms of our own you know and our work lives Mm -hmm. i mean your work life is half of your waking life and that's going to obviously bleed over to the other half. Yes. Man, there's no coming back. If you're domesticated and, and feeling trapped and you can take all the you know, you can go to the Bahamas once a year, like it like you want to, but that's not gonna change your outcome. Oh yeah. So the only way to do that, I think, regardless if you're stuck in a, a in a big organization, small organization, or, or independent contractor, whatever you might be, it's so for me, taking those that 40-hour rule and finding your stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how we start to get down to the bare basics. Like yeah. The bare wow. necessities.
0: It's good. Yeah, it's great. It's good. Steven, you are a rock star. Yeah. Oh, no. This I love is fun. I'm a talker. <laughs> it's valuable information. And I think this is just helpful just to talk through this. Like there is something out there that you can kind of trap yourself into something and understanding that you might be in a place like that. I think is the first step. Mm -hmm. Now you can either continue down that path, which is okay. That's fine. Or you can start changing. And I like it. Just asking yourself, you know, maybe challenging the status quo and start getting measurable results for mm-hmm. you to start getting traction and where you want to go. Yeah. But I think going back to the thing that I took away is how you mentor people mm-hmm. find out what's there at paying you for 40 hours, do it in 20 hours, mm-hmm. then take 10 hours of that and try to create something. So you're actually contributing something to where you're at. And then the last one is develop yourself professionally.
1: I've you ever that, heard man. of the 20, uh, 20- Percent rule, like the pr- 3M used to do Pareto it. Pareto principle. Well, no. So back in the day, like uh, uh, 3M used to say, "Hey, on Fridays, I'm not making you do making you do the the, the work that you're assigned to do. Mm. Essentially, Very I want you to do something that's loosely company related. Please don't just go learn how to play <laughs> guitar on us. Yeah, but take this time and go jump in a different department. Go jump on a prom. Go do whatever you want. From that, I think of an engineer or whatever it was the things that you're writing on right now, that's where the sticky notes came from. Really? Somebody on their 20% off day came up with sticky notes and obviously, I mean, sticky notes honestly changed the world. I, that's how right. I write all of my notes.
0: Right. Yeah. should see my desk. Google
1: did the same thing back in the day. And then oh, I think an engineer cool. came up with uh, Gmail, which we all probably use. Yeah, now. Right? Yeah. So again, this idea of creating wow. time and autonomy and space and having that trust in the outcomes there, Man, now you can, people start to feel that, that leash come off a little bit. They're not mm-hmm. only afraid of you know rocking the boat. Now they're saying, oh, my gosh, I'm getting the opportunity to go build something great. And for us as business owners, that's the thing that changes the game for us. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the next idea. Sure I don't need incremental productivity. What I need is something that's going to change my game. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where it comes from right yeah
2: it's good that's awesome
0: Steven thanks for being on the show man yeah. I appreciate your wisdom and uh, quick I want to give you 30 seconds how's Cajun Fest going what's the latest oh
1: man Cajun Fest is going great uh, yes oh man we're going downtown which is fun um, you know this year we have some cool partnerships we're doing uh, you know Sazerac and Southern Comfort is hooking us up so that we can have all the hurricanes that you can drink Oh, Confluence which is a brewery here in Des Moines yeah. I was making a Cajun Fest refresh beer which is awesome we had it last year it was really good Uh, Fong's Pizza is getting involved. They're going to make us a crazy Cajun pizza. We have uh, Truman's getting involved to make us uh, all these things. So we're starting to, which is really cool, we're starting to see local Iowa businesses come together to create and evolve a, a cultural thing that isn't necessarily found here. And I think... When you get a coalition of good people yep. uh, with the right vision, right. You, now you start to make something great. In this case, we're going to have the, the the Mardi Gras of the Midwest. That's awesome.
2: I love it. All right, well, real quick, Stephen, if a business owner that's listening wants to like look at see if they want to, that's good. Work on this. How do they get a hold of you?
1: Well, my name's Stephen Smith, and there's a few of us, I'm sure, uh, with a PH. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, My company is rework.com, R-E-W-O-R-C.com. Okay. Uh, And we have some, you know, we we do universities, we do hospitals, we do metros. Um, But, you know, give it a check. See if uh, measuring people in a different way is helpful for you bettering yourself. Awesome.
2: Good. Sweet. This is great. Thanks for the
1: shout out, man. I've, yeah. yeah, rework that's the company I work for. Thanks again, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. You've been listening to uncommon Wealth podcast. I've been Phil Ramsey and I'm Aaron Kramer. Till next time, go be uncommon and get those golden handcuffs off. Yeah, talk to you later. That's all for this episode. Brought to you by uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit uncommonwealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon
2: life.